This is the Raider Cotton Nation podcast with your host, Alpha Mike, and our roster of co-hosts, we patrol America's law enforcement beat. We invite you today on a ride-along. Now, here's your weekly briefing on Raider Cop Nation. Episode number 58 on Raider Cop Nation, Alpha Mike here. I've got a lot on the agenda. What we're talking about today is human trafficking and the horrors of human trafficking. Of course, our superhero today, guest uh, announcer, is the cop. And he's going to tell us a, a little telltale signs on how to recognize human trafficking, how to report it and pretty much an overview of it. Um, A lot to talk about on that, just this one subject. I mean, I really hated just to confine this to one episode. And I do foresee episodes in the future. So let's just say that this is the introductional uh, episode or show for human trafficking. I've done a lot of research on this and and I and I and I feel we are touching the surface. I believe law enforcement is just about right about now rolling up their sleeves to deal with this affliction. But before we get to that, how do you get in contact with us? Raider Cop Nation, where are you guys? Well we're at RaiderCopNation.com. It's that simple. All one word, RaiderCopNation.com. Of course, our Twitter account is at NationCop, at NationCop. Or you can look at us up on Twitter, of course, on the RaiderCopNation. And we have our Facebook account also as RaiderCopNation. Hook up with us. You know that we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, you know, the list goes on. Contact, hit, you know, the like button or the subscription button and and let people know that you're interested in the content that we're providing. We are going to continue. This is, as I said, is episode number 58. We are moving and moving and moving. We are going to keep on going as long as we got power on these microphones in order to educate the general public the current law enforcement public or that public that is thinking about a career in law enforcement. Always advocating and rapturing the truth, taking it hostage to play it back later. That is the purpose of Raider Cop Nation. I could be a public spokesperson for law enforcement and tell you how the grass on this side of the white fence is always perfect. But that's not what we do here. There are some shows that we talk about, that we highlight the great job that law enforcement is doing. There's going to be some shows that we're going to talk about that, and they're not doing such a good job. And the reason why they're not. Of course, we advocate for law enforcement as police and corrections. We advocate for those officers that are working the front lines everywhere around this nation, over a million of them, because we care. Episode 58, Human Trafficking. It is a subject that has really touched my heart. But before we dwell into this darkness, because that's what human trafficking is, it's darkness, it's sadness, it's something that's creeped up on America and they haven't even noticed it. Or they have noticed it and they don't know what to do, just like the opioid crisis. So we're going to look at it, but I want to prepare you spiritually as we go into this journey. And today I 
I wanted to touch upon something in the Bible. It's a story about three Jewish servants that have taken prisoner in Babylon by King Nebuchadnezzar. And as a result that they won't worship him, he is throwing them in the burning furnace. Of course, if you know scripture, you know, and you can follow along, that when he threw the three in the furnace, King Nebuchadnezzar looked and he asked his servants, surely you threw three in because I see four. And the fourth one looks like the Son of God holding the other three. Powerful. But I want to read this as well because it gives you a better description and then I'll cut straight to the chase. Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fierce furnace and spoke saying, Sedrach, Mesach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Sedrach, Mesach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire and the straps of ministers, governors, and king counselors gathered together, and they saw these men and whose body the fire had no power. The hair on their head was not signed, nor were there any garments affected. And the smell of fire wasn't even on them. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Sidrach, Mesach, and Abednego, who went, who sent his angels and delivered his servant, who, who servants who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Sedrach, Mesach, and Abednego shall be cut into pieces, and their house shall be made an ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. Then the king promoted Sedrach, Mesach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. They went into the burning fire. They came out without a trace of fire. They were secured, comforted, protected, and lifted up by the high God himself. And they were proclaimed in the providence of Babylon a decree was made that their God shall be worship and no other God in Babylon. Out of the scriptures in the Bible, the only references written by a non-believer or a Jew is King Nebuchadnezzar, which through his scribes wrote the first three or four chapters of Daniel. And what it tells you is the magnificence of God. The reason I picked this story is because what victims of human trafficking are going through is a living fire. I'm going to share a little bit more about that when we get to the human trafficking story. But this story that I read to you, no matter what your trial is, how magnificent it seems to you that you think it's going to overcome you, the living God will protect you. Not only protect you from death, but from just the mere fabric of your clothing smelling like fire. It's amazing. Victims of human trafficking, you're in the fire. All you've got to do is believe in the almighty Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And you're going to come out of that fire unscathed.
Episode 58, Human Trafficking. Let's get into it. Blast the cannons. As I said early on, doing research for episode 58, Human Trafficking, it was not easy. Saw a lot of sad and painful stuff. A lot of research that would leave you bewildered. As a law enforcement officer, I've known about it. And you look at the brochure and you look at some law enforcement material that usually is passed around. But when you really get involved in it, you see how extensive and difficult these cases are. One of the things that I ended up doing was I was looking at some resources. What resources are out there? And I came across uh, several of them, and I'm going to discuss them with you. Humantrafficking.org is one of them, which established in December of 07. They have a toll-free number for anybody that has any information. Let's say you don't want to go through your law enforcement um, agency for whatever reason. Uh, You can call this number, and uh, you can remain anonymous. You can also do that on Crime Stoppers. But one thing that they're going to ask you is a little bit more evidence. you got to give them a little bit, something concrete, you know, a street address, a description, uh, an apartment number, uh, a license plate number on a vehicle maybe, something a little bit more specific than just, uh, hey, they look, somebody looks suspicious in the area of New York City. You know, you have to be a little bit more specific because they have to pass uh, humantrafficking.org has to pass this information to law enforcement. And for law enforcement to act, they need specificalities. So if you call 911 from a payphone and you give the description, they're going to send a squad car out there to whatever location to pretty much investigate whatever you're saying. But if it's not very specific, the officers could be in the area of a human trafficking victim, but because it wasn't specific, they've got to close the case out as unfounded and go on to the next call. So if you call a nonprofit agency as human trafficking, you have to be a little bit more specific. Their number is, and all this information is going to be posted on the show notes, as their number is 1-888-373-7888. That's 1-888-373-7888. 373-7888. You can also text them, okay? And that's at, uh, just text 233-733. If even if the person's a, a former victim, a victim, you can text this number and, and, and pretty much get some, some help running your way. They have uh, a lot of information on there and a lot of resources. I also went into the Homeland Security. They, of course, are probably the lead agency in law enforcement, the federal lead agency on on human trafficking. And I, I went onto the website and I got a webinar, law enforcement webinar. I was fortunate enough to get one. And I learned that the president has recently signed proclamation that Homeland Security Network with all local and state agencies in the country on education about human trafficking. Long overdue, my friends, long overdue. I first heard about human trafficking in the, I believe it was the mid-90s. And when I first heard the term, I was confused. I was like, what what do we mean, drug trafficking? No, human trafficking. How do you do that? And obviously later we we learned what it was, but uh, it was like missing persons and uh, special victims investigation kind of thing. And you went about your business. And it wasn't 
really known. It was slowly creeping up. I retire in 2016, folks. And uh, human trafficking hasn't entered really the local law enforcement community. Not the way it should have. You can hand out brochures all you want. But uh, the president recently has signed a proclamation saying that local agencies, the state agencies, will be trained. And I'm, I'm happy to see that. The, the connection between federal, state, and local agencies is a must to keep this country safe. I, uh, and I'll post the information on Homeland Security. That will be on the show notes as well with some of their uh, informational webinars and uh, training information that they have, and we'll post that. Their campaign is called the Blue Campaign. Blue Campaign, which they started in 2010. 2010, the federal government, Homeland Security, started Operation Blue Campaign. 2018, and I'm talking about it. So we got to do better, folks. We got to do better. Uh, they all new recruits as a result of the proclamation that the president recently gave. A, they will be trained at the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center in human trafficking awareness. So as you leave the academy, you get trained in human trafficking awareness. I believe the FBI is different. They have their own academy, and they also have their own spin on the human trafficking. Agencies that are uh, mandatory to receive special human trafficking skills uh, certification are TSA, uh, Coast Guard, ICE, Immigration, Customs, and, and so forth. They have to receive mandatory training on this. They look for certain signs when they see, um, you know, children or going through the airport, seaport, or bus terminals and so forth and ask specific questions. I remember uh, not too long ago, I took my granddaughter on a trip. We went to New York City, and it was in February. It was uh, freezing cold, and when we got there, I was wearing a jacket, and inside the terminal, it was warm. I'm sweating. You know, I'm really sweating kind of profusely. I did not have an actual ticket. What I had was those uh, scan things on your phone, and you were supposed to show the T TSA agent. So I get on this long line. I finally get to the TSA agent, and I show him my scan bar, whatever you want to call it, and he says, oh, no, this isn't the board. This is this was your arrival from where you came from. So I'm looking, you know, I'm holding up the line. So I go, hey, look, I, I got to get off the line and uh, find this thing. So I step to the side. And he goes, no, no, I can't have you step to the side. You can get to the back. But if you find it, you know, flag me down. I'll wave you over. So anyway, I get to the back and I scan the phone. And, and it wasn't loaded in my phone. I go, Real quickly, got it loaded. I, I do a little, you know, wave thing to him. And I go up there. So when I show it to him, he scans it. And he goes, uh, are you hot? You know, because I'm sweating now. And I said, uh, oh, no, you know, it's, it's hot in here. It's cold. It's freezing outside. So immediately I notice that this guy thinks I'm somebody else. Now. And he looks at my granddaughter and starts giving her questions. What's your name? Where do you live? Where are you going? I let him go through the whole routine. And when he finished, I went for my uh, ID at the time I was retired and I showed it to him. And he says, yeah, I know, but we, we've, we've got we've to ask these questions, which I, I totally agree with. Him. I'm not saying I disagree. But uh, I saw whatever they're trained in, they actually do. So that was, that was uh, very good of them. Uh, I also went on some two, two YouTube, uh, what do you call these, TED Talks, 
which were powerful. They're going to be posted on the show notes as well. And these, one is an actual victim of human trafficking, I believe, for 10 years. The other one was an advocate lawyer for a human traffic victim and basically talks about her experience as that advocate and and helping, trying to help this person that ultimately at the end just returns back to that way of life, which is sad in itself. But one one astonishing uh, fact that I came across, which is reported by the, the U.S. Department of Justice, every day, so today, I don't, I don't know what day you're listening to this. This is a podcast. You can listen to it at your leisure. But today, by the time this day ends, 300,000 kids would have been a part of or involved in sex trafficking in this country. Life expectation of a child that's in human trafficking, usually abducted at the age of 11, 12, 13, they're expected on average to live 7 to 10 years because of disease, because of the violent community that they're in, because of suicide. This is sad, folks. And a lot of these kids are runaways, running away from their house. And one of the things that we learned is a lot of these homes were broken. There was nobody there to encourage these kids, to watch over these kids. There was no spiritual guidance in their lives. It is so sad. It really is. And we learn, at least through the TED Talks, how they live. There's a connection between the victim and their abductors, which in this case would be the pimp. If if sex trafficking and if it's labor, I don't know what we call them, a scumbag? That might be an appropriate title for them. And they're, they're dependent on this person or these people because they have no money, they have no whereabouts. And a lot of them are introduced to drugs narcotics, a way of living that gives them a dependency. So usually the cycle is you have the predator and the predator is looking for a vulnerable person. Well, who's vulnerable? A kid. A kid. 11, 12, 13, 14 years old. 15. They're all vulnerable. Lost in life. And if they have a broken home and so forth, they make ideal candidates for what they want. Then they supply them. What are they supplying them with? Well, basically, their, their, their need. So uh, one of the stories that were told on TED Talk was this young girl, uh, I think she was 13, uh, met her abductor through Facebook, and she gave him through Messenger stories about how sad her life was and because her mom and her dad was in jail, her mom, you know, was prostituting herself and so forth. So he goes, well, my mom's here. She's dying of cancer. Why don't you live with us? And she fell for it, and she was abducted, and he turned out to be the pimp. And so they supply them with the story they want to hear, and then when they have them, they supply them with that, thing that's going to keep them there. They know how to do it. Some, Like I said, some are introduced to drugs. And then there's the demand. The demand. They want them to work for them. They want them to go out and do these illicit things. They have nowhere to go. Low self-esteem. Remember, they're very vulnerable. So they're doing it as a way to live. This is the only way they know how to live now. This becomes the vicious cycle of the victim of human trafficking. Sad in itself, and uh, I wish it had, uh, you know, a little bit more information. 
I, I, the future looks a little bit more optimistic because I see that the White House has uh, moved the needle in the right direction by having Homeland Security Network with state and local officials on education of uh, trafficking. Hopefully that follow, that's followed up with grant money because if you don't put money to any of these things, it will not move the, uh, the needle one bit. And uh, hopefully we get some results. So I wish I had better information. I, I tell you, this is heartbreaking, some of the stuff that I heard, but uh, it is what it is. So without any more waiting, it's time to bring in, that's right, you've been waiting for him. He's coming back, the cop. Here's the moment you've been waiting for, the cop. Welcome to the episode, buddy. Thanks, brother. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to have the cop on. Our our subject matter today is human trafficking, which is, of course, disgusting, despicable. It's a crime that a lot of citizens really don't know about. In your own words, how do you explain human trafficking well well human trafficking is you know it's basically your the the, the trade of humans um and and unfortunately throughout the throughout the world you know you trade those humans for either illegal labor um and it's uh it's a very big industry when it comes to um the sexual industry there's a lot of sexual slavery worldwide. Um, I was reading up on an article where it's actually, it's a $99 billion a year industry worldwide. Um, I mean, in the United States alone, um, there was a study in 2014 where in Atlanta, Georgia, there was a $290 million a year um, industry in the in the sex slavery world, which is brothels and strip joints and so forth. Yeah, th- this is a horrible crime that has taken a lot of Americans by surprise. Because when you say modern day slavery, people think it's just a term, but human trafficking exploits people, like you're you're basically telling us. Now, when I look at the human trafficking aspect. Is there any key signs I can pick up on identifying, let's say, a potential victim? Well, the first thing you're going to see is they don't, they don't speak much. Usually they're, they're the person that has capped, has captive, has grabbed them, um, has taken them into slavery is the one who's going to do most of the talking. Um, That person lives and very poor conditions. They're very submissive. Um, don't want to make eye contact. I, I myself have, have dealt with uh, um, victims of tra- human trafficking, especially when I was overseas. And uh, they're, they're programmed that law enforcement is the enemy, that law enforcement is there to hurt you. So their captives put this fear in them to to law enforcement that they won't they really don't want to talk to law enforcement. But what, what you want to look at is, for example, here in the United States or Florida in particular, I had one house in the middle of a neighborhood, which was a brothel. It was an illegal brothel. A lot of illegals from Central and South America that were brought here against their will. And this was about 12 years ago. But there was a lot of traffic, a lot of men coming in and out of the house, and neighbors started noticing that. And we started watching the house, and you would see 
men coming in. You will never see the women coming out. Um, you want to look for windows that are blacked out because they don't want you to see inside the home. Um, just unusual trafficking, you know, car traffic coming in and out. Um, that's what you need to look for when, when you're trying to identify these people. But, but you're normally going to find that, that woman. And in some cases, that man that just doesn't say much, um, very apprehensive to other people. Um, doesn't, doesn't want to, if you try to strike up a conversation with them, they're just going to walk away from you. They don't want to, they just don't want to talk to anybody. Now, if I'm, I'm, I can't really stereotype the victim, but it, there's no specific uh, ethnicity that is a victim, correct? Not at all. Not at all. I mean, I've seen Europeans, I've seen Americans, I've seen um, Latins, um, Latinos. I, I, I mean, they're they're from all over the world. There's 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 definitely no discrimination when it comes to the human trafficker. Um, a victim's a victim, regardless of where you're from. Now, I think the biggest message here is to let Americans know a human trafficking is right in their own backyard. Because when they think of Absolutely. terms of human th- trafficking, they think it's someplace very far away. But it's actually in their backyard. So I think that's the most important message. Let's say I'm an American, and I live in a small town or whatever, and I've kind of picked up the signs you've been talking about. Should I report that to authorities or, or just mind my business or... Or maybe tell my local politician. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I mean, notify your local law enforcement agency. There's a there's 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 the national human trafficking hotline. That in Florida we got Crime Stoppers. Or you can remain anonymous. Just let somebody know. Hey, I'm I'm seeing some a lot of strange men uh, or a lot of strange women or a lot of strange people coming in and out of this house. Um, it may not be uh, tra- human trafficking. It might be a dope house. You never know. But, um, you know, if you live in a, a in a regular community in America, you shouldn't have 20, 30 cars going in and out of there a day. Right. Um, and, you know, why why are you not seeing the women come out of the house? I mean, I've, I, I had reports where they will see different women come to the door, but they never stepped out. Um, absolutely. Call somebody. Let them know. Because, uh, you know, statistically, the majority of these victims are under the age of 18. So by reporting, you're, you're going to ultimately save a child. Yeah, I remember in my, in my law enforcement career early on, maybe in the early to mid-90s, I actually heard the first um, term of human trafficking. And... When I first heard it, I lost it, it. I lost the translation. I said, "Human trafficking? What? What the hell is this about?" And of course, it's at epidemic predicaments now. But back then, it was something of an oddity, and it was slowly creeping into the U.S. I know there was a lot of law enforcement agencies, especially in Florida and the Naples area, like Collier that they were very aggressive against it early on. But now uh, human trafficking is is pretty much at the forefront of every law enforcement agency. And uh, I'm sure that the local agencies, wherever you might live, have somebody in charge or somebody looking at human trafficking. It's, It's part of today's law enforcement. I don't know. I don't know of an agency that doesn't have an investigative unit that works hand in hand with the federal government to combat this. Um, you know, it's 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 a global it's a global problem. It's not just here. Um, we don't see it as much because as it's, they're very um, organized. Usually, these groups are very organized crime groups um, that come here and they just use you know fear and intimidation to get these uh, people to, to do what they won't normally do. Um, one example is they'll bring somebody from another country, automatically strip them of their passports or IDs, and that person came 
to the country, whether it's here or Europe, I saw this in Europe a lot. They would, uh, they would recruit young ladies, um, to be housekeepers. And part of the promise was, listen, you're going to work as a housekeeper, but I'm also going to provide you with a free education. I'm going to pay for your university, you can better your family. Once that young lady gets to that country, the trafficker strips them of ID, passport, everything, and tells them, we know where your family lives. If you don't do what you're told, we're going to hurt your family. So now they use this fear and intimidation and these, you know, to have these women do acts that they will not normally do. Um, or just, it's not always sexual. It could be a man, bring the man over to do hard labor, um, for free. So he's basically a, a labor slave. So you got both ends of the spectrum. You got the sexual and the labor. Um, so it's just, it, it, it's everywhere. And it's just one of these things that, um, like you said, in, in my 30 year career, it gets, it seems to be getting worse and worse and worse. Human trafficking, it's one of the deplorable, one of the most deplorable crimes in America that's happening today. As the cop had told us, there is a national number that you can call, and that's 1-800-373-7888, 1-800-373-7888, and we'll post that on the show notes so you can look at it as well. Before we let you go, you know we got to do the infamous double tap. Are you ready? I'm ready, brother. I'm ready. Here we go. Double tap. First question. Okay, so the question is, do you support the Supreme Court Judge Judge Kavanaugh? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think he's a good candidate from everything that I've seen. The guy's got a a great resume, um, great background. Um, It's a shame what they're putting him through, in my opinion. But I think he is definitely going to be very, very good for the Supreme Court and the country overall. Yeah, it is a shame what he's going through. Uh, Two accusations as of the time that we're doing the podcast. Uh, He's up to the second accusation now. And I actually believe that the Republicans need to stop the circus and call the vote and call it a day. It is what it is. I absolutely, I absolutely agree with you, Al. They need to go ahead and uh, pull the trigger on this one, and and and, and let's just move forward. You know, let's let, let the man start doing his job. Yeah, I I, I believe that all these last minute at the eleventh hour accusations are more and more made up, and I think the American public can see right through this. All right, second question. We got the midterm elections coming up um, in November of uh, 2018, and of course, there's a battle between the new Democratic leftist Socialist Party and the Republicans. What uh, are you for or against the Republicans? And this is kind of a ridiculous question: Are you for or against the Republicans and an all-out victory in the midterm election? I, I am I am for it. I don't I don't think it's going to be an all-out victory. I think uh, there's, unfortunately, Florida is becoming more of a purple state, <clears throat> and in my opinion, I think it's going to be a fight. I think we will win it. I think we will pull it. I don't think Florida's ready to have a, a socialist Democratic Party. Um, I don't think I'm I'm hoping, as you know, we you and I have had many discussions about this. I'm hoping that in my lifetime, at least. Florida will never be ready for that. Um, but I believe that we will win it, and I, and I believe that we will continue uh, the path that we've been going on since we got a Republican president, and which is all positive and growth. And um, But, yes, I think we're going to win this one. And, and if you're a Democrat and you're listening, listen, we're not against you. We're, we're just witnesses of your party being robbed from you by a— political influence known as socialism and it's kind of sad and that's why the hashtag walk away has 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 come come up people are just leaving the democratic party because basically they were robbed of their party so we're not against you well well al let me let me let me let me just 
tell your listeners, just look at the history of Venezuela. Look at the history of Cuba. Um, that's what socialism start is. It starts with socialism and ultimately you end up in communism. And if you don't want history to repeat itself, like what's happened in other countries, whether you're Democrat or Republic, Republican, socialism is, does not work. There's, there's nothing free in this country. There's nothing, there's nothing free in the world. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to pay the price. And ultimately it will be the citizens that pay the price. So if you're questioning yourself as of what is socialism about, especially these young people, you know, look, just do your research. See, you know, and I could be wrong, but I don't know of any country that has been successful under a socialist system. And look at, look at it, read it, do your research. I got, I got kids that are college age. And, you know, for those parents that are listening, educate your kids on the reality because our college systems are pushing this socialism agenda, which it does not work. And don't take my word for it. Don't take Al's word for it. Do your research. I agree. And they've been doing this for many years. And then I'll give you another example. The candidate that's running for governor in the state of Florida uh, Mr. Gilliam, he is advocating for m- many things, you know, free free school, free lunch, free free everything. But one of the things he wants to do to pay for all this, because everybody's asking him how you're going to pay for it, is to impose, just came out in Forbes magazine, a 40% tax, which really equates to, I think it's a 7.7 raise, which equates to a 40% tax on corporations in Florida. Now, let's think about that. If you're in Florida or your company, you're thinking about moving your company to Florida, are you going to come here if he wins? And the answer is no. Are you going to stay here? You might not stay here. So it's the beginning of poverty for Florida. And this is what the cop is talking about with Cuba and Venezuela. It sounds nice, but at the end, you're eating out of a garbage can. So, you know, I... I guess to make it into a very simple terms is do you want to keep more money in your pocket or you don't? And people have historically come to Florida because we don't have a state income tax. And in order for anybody to get those programs going that Mr. Gillen wants to want, wants to introduce to our state, property taxes alone are not going to be enough. He's going to have to induce a um, state income tax and we need to look at states like New York and California, which in my mind, they're, they're just failing tremendously. Excellent example. Excellent example. I thank you, as always, my friend, the cop, for being a part of the Raider Cop Nation. Well, thank you, sir. And as always, you know, God bless our military and our first responders, my friend, and God bless you. And just like that, the cop is gone, back on the beat. But we're glad that he allowed us the opportunity to be with him on his patrol. You know, I just uh, noticed a sad notification on Twitter from the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office, which is in Tampa, Florida, uh, that uh, a deputy in a domestic violence case uh, killed his wife and killed himself And it's a reminder that law enforcement officers are human beings that are suffering, that are in pain, and they need, believe it or not, the loveness and the the sweetness of the cross. There's such emptiness in a lot of people. And 
I encourage you more than ever, reach out to some Bible-based church that has Jesus Christ as the foundation. Turn your life to Jesus by simply just recognizing that you're a sinner like I am and asking God to cleanse you of those sins, acknowledging that you have committed those sins just between you and God, nobody else, and you're on the road to victory. Sad story. What's our next, folks? Well, we this is uh, episode 58. We are going to 59, October 31st, and the topic, gangs. Gangs. It's not the gangs. Maybe when we were kids, maybe in the 70s or 60s, 70s, 80s, most of those gangs, not all of them, but most of those gangs took care of their hostilities, let's say, with fisticuffs. But unfortunately, today these gangs have a lot of terror built into them, and they're terrorizing America. They're not only killing their victims by stabbing them and shooting them, but decapitating them as well. We've reached an all-time low in this society with some of these gangs that breathe. And, of course, we have the cop coming on on episode 59 where he's going to talk to us about the area of gangs. How, how young is the recruitment? Where do they start? How do they function in schools, neighborhood parks? And what you can do to combat it. We're looking forward to that. How do you... Connect with us. We've said it again. We're going to have this test. But before we have this test, I want to talk to you about the one and only, the one and only Pistol Pete. We will have Pistol Pete on our last episode of Training with Firearms on episode 60. Pistol Pete will be out here with Kilo, and we're going to finish out our series on Training with Firearms. That's number 16. That will start the first week of November. So let's wrap up the test. How can I report human trafficking? Well, you can contact that 1-800 number that we gave you if you want to remain anonymous. You don't want to get involved with law enforcement. Or you can contact your local law enforcement and tell them what you see. See something, say something. Regardless of how stupid you might think it is, it could lead to somebody's salvation. And that, my friends, is monumental. We also learned that the Department of Homeland Security, one of the agencies uh, that the Democrats are not too happy with because it's a part of ICE, uh, trying to extinguish it. But we're happy that they're the lead agency in uh, human trafficking. It is a horrible crime. More Americans need to get involved. How can you get involved? One of the astonishing things that I learned, that there are 400,000 children in foster care. That means they don't have parents. They have part-time parents. They have people that, God bless them, are doing the best they can, but there's 400,000 that don't have a permanent home. That's a big calling, and not everybody can do it. I understand that. But you can also be a big brother or a big sister to them. You can also mentor them, maybe be a special advocate in court, uh, just to mentor them as they live their young little lives, somebody to encourage them. It's so important. You can change somebody's future by having that encouragement. There are people that they're so powerful in their attitude, they're always encouraged. Be one of those people. You may save somebody. Folks, it has been my pleasure and my honor to be your host on Raider Cop Nation. Until we meet again, I leave you 
with these special messages from Pistol Pete. Greetings, folks. Alpha Mike, the host of Raider Cop Nation podcast with some exciting news. If you've been considering upgrading your pistol, that's right, placing a new trigger on it, maybe getting a new pair of sights, painting it, whatever the issue is, I know the gunsmith you need to see. And that's not any gunsmith, one with credentials and plenty of them. You see, Pistol Pete was the gunsmith for thousands of officers for many, many years in Miami-Dade. He has a proven record. And sending your weapon to him if you're not in town is as easy as one, two, three. So I recommend that you hook up with the man, PistolPeteGuns.com. That's PistolPeteGuns.com.